Episode 34. This episode brought to you by ReelsandTackle.com, your family-owned online tackle store. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. Okay, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Hector Quintero, uh, coming to us from Texas. Hector, how are you, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm great. And uh, so, so whereabouts uh, do you live in Texas? Uh, the city that I actually live in is McAllen, Texas, uh, but the fishing that um, takes place is in uh, Arroyo City, between Arroyo City and South Padre Island, Texas. I actually used to live in Texas for a little bit. I was in Houston, so kind of orient me where you are with respect to the to the big cities there. So Texas is huge, right? Oh, and yeah. We are six hours south of Houston. Okay. And uh, just to kind of uh, give people an idea, it's about five minutes from Mexico, literally, right at the border. I think I'm getting a good picture for where this uh, where this honey hole is that uh, <laughs> that that you fishing down there. And uh, Hector and I were just talking right before we got on the interview here. And um, episode two of the podcast also comes to us from Laguna Madre, uh, where where Hector fishes um, from a friend of mine who was out there visiting, but. Today we're gonna get the uh, the local insight from from uh, someone who actually lives there, which is gonna be really cool. But before we uh, jump into all that, just just tell us a little bit about yourself and you know what you do and what keeps you busy during the week week when you'd probably be out there uh, on the water instead. So when I'm not fishing, um, Monday through Friday, I'm actually in operations for a logistics company. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of export import from mexico into the united states and you pretty much distributed throughout the whole 50 states even canada and been doing that for quite some time and been doing been in that business for for a good while yeah yeah and so does 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 your work take you on both sides of the borders a lot are you back and forth no no it 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 pretty much keeps me here we have a, a mexico team that stays on the mexico side and then we have our our logistics USA team, who, which I'm a part of, that stays on this side of the border. We're going to talk a little bit out about the uh, saltwater fishing you do, but uh, a lot of great lakes out there in Texas as well, as well as some uh, rivers there. Do you ever have occasion to do any freshwater fishing? Um, so we have one really big lake, which is Falcon Lake, mm-hmm. and that is about an hour west of McAllen, where I'm where I actually live at, mm-hmm. I've actually never, I've never fished there before, only because you need um, to have a permit to be able to fish there, or you need to know somebody who either lives in the area or has a permit. They actually don't sell those permits anymore. Oh. So you have to be either know somebody or somebody who lives there. And that's, that's really the only way you have access into it. If not, they'll basically tell you, you, kind of have to get out. I know there's some lucky people who actually get to go every now and then, and they don't seem to have a, any trouble to get in. Um, as far as that goes, um, we do have a lot of creeks slash canals around the area where there is a lot of uh, 
bar around and uh, a lot of people down here if they don't have a boat or have access to go all the way to Padre um, or Arroyo they'll they'll go to those canals and, and fish for gar. Gar is a pretty popular freshwater um, fish down here where I'm from. Really? Um, so yeah they, they do go a lot for gar. Um, I mean there, some guys they'd be pulling out these monster six seven foot gars yeah. out of these very small canals. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's something they do. I I've just never really got into it. It's it's not my forte. It's not something I do. Um, but yeah, that's that's as far as fresh water goes down here. Just because the island is just so close to us that a lot of people dedicate themselves to the salt water. Well, so let's let's talk about that a little bit. Tell me tell me about the area and just for somebody who's never been there before, kind of orient us what it's like and you know what what you fish for there and just you know just how what the estuary is like yeah so um here in mccallan it's about a 45 to an hour and 20 minute drive depending on where you're gonna fish um we usually start off in a royal city a royal city is a really neat very very small small town one restaurant one street Mm -hmm. and there's there's the uh, colorado river which is what it's called, and it runs through Arroyo City all the way to San Benito, I believe, and all the way through the valley, and it actually, the mouth of it opens up into the Laguna Madre. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty neat because there's all these houses along that river, and they all have pretty much have boats, and that's where a lot of people like to launch out of. There's launch pads there um, in two different parks um, in that river, where you can launch out of, and when you get to the mouth, you have access to the whole entire bay and all the way to Port Mansfield, all the way to Corpus, which will eventually lead you all the way to Galveston, which is right next to Houston. Yes. Um, If you don't go out of Arroyo, then you can go all the way to Brownsville and launch out of there or go all the way to South Padre Island and launch out of that area. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And so once you get out the mouth of the river, um, what is it, what is it like? Is it like fishing a big open bay? Are you, are, are you out in the Gulf at that point? I mean, what, what, you know, what's the water like that you're fishing in? Yeah. So the, 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 the Colorado river is about maybe, I want to say 12 feet in depth mm-hmm. and the barges and, you know, ship, that's a basically like a ship channel. Right. Right. And then once you, once you get out into the mouth, it's, basically where the fun begins it's it's one huge bay Ah. i mean it's miles miles in bay and it's all shallow water the whole entire bay is all shallow water the deepest parts are the is the intercoastal that that would be the deepest it's just a channel right right exactly it's just a channel other than that you're gonna be in about two feet of water the whole entire time Mm -hmm. there's areas where it'll go up to maybe five maybe yeah four and a half five feet uh, on a high tide maybe six but it's 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 maybe once very very small area like for 10 yards or 25 yards some, something like that but other than that you can walk that whole entire bay um with no problem you know it, it's all flat it's all flat basically the whole entire thing is yeah, so this sounds like uh, flats boat heaven to me. Oh yeah, it, that's all it is. It's just a bunch of flat boats. Um, the only way you can get out with any kind of bigger whole, whole boat is going through the channel. That's that's about it. 
Right. So is that is that how you fish? You fish out of a skiff? Oh yeah. No, it's well. So there's different um, skiffs. Uh, still, I feel that there's certain areas where you won't be able to get in. Um, we fish off of a shallow sport. It's the one of the more popular uh, boats down here, uh, manufacturer, and they, they're actually Autolithia, which is here next to our city. Um, that that would be one of the top of the line flats boat that there is. There's other great ones. Uh, there's like Dargle and uh, Mayak and um, other manufacturers like that. There's Skiff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's flat boats. Uh, that's that's what you need for sure. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And and species wise, we're talking redfish, speckled trout, flounder, flounder, snook. Sn- oh, snook too. Um, okay. Black drum. Yeah. Uh, Jack Creville, and uh, you get your occasional bottom feeders, but that that's only pretty much if you're fishing the channel. Yeah. Um. Other than that, it's it's pretty limited to what you're going to be catching out in the bay you're when you're fishing the bay down here you're you're more target you're more targeting the species that you're looking for and snook is not a popular fish it it, it isn't there's another area called south bay which is next to padre where the snook seem to hang out a lot more than in the arroyo port mansfield area we, I, I don't know if it's just because of the Brownsville ship channel where they like to go. I, I don't really go for snook a lot. Um, South Bay, you need to really, really know the area um, only because there's tons of oyster beds. Hmm. Um, you, you're going to have a bad day if you just don't know the area on your boat. And um, that's where the snook tend to, tend to hide out. Um, but you'll catch your occasional snook out in the bay. But we don't have those Florida snooks, those thirty plus, forty mm, plus snooks. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, we we have more of the they're they're more smaller on the smaller side. But um, this year wasn't the first time I ever caught a snook. Um, I have I have never seen a snook with my eyes on the bay before. The whole entire time I've been fishing my life, and this year was the first time I actually uh, pulled out a snook. Yeah. Wow, how cool. Well, when we get back, Hector is going to share an epic inshore saltwater fishing story with us. Stay tuned. If high-end optics aren't in your budget, or if you go through sunglasses like dough balls on a brim hook, there's a great option out there that's easy on the wallet. With many different styles of frames and lens options at very affordable prices, there is no excuse to be fishing blind. Go to tell.fish slash gear in your web browser to check out this line of budget optics that we really like. Okay, we are back with Hector Quintero, and we've been talking a little bit about his home waters uh, there in the um, in the Laguna Madre area of Texas, uh, Padre Island, and uh, so I think I've kind of got a good overview of of the area you fish and the species you fish for. So let's jump into the epic day you're going to tell us about and uh, just kind of set the say, stage and, and tell us what happened. You know, it's kind of hard to uh, take that one day, right, that yeah. you have fishing with. Mm-hmm. And every time you go fish, it, it's always something different. And, yep. and that's the great part of fishing, right? But um, I think really the one day that I'll never forget is the first time that I caught a fish off the top water. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of years back, a buddy of mine, he's a, he's an avid angler and, um, 
we we wade. That's that's our that's our forte down here. We we are waders. That's what me and my team, my tournament team, everybody. That's what we do. Um, there's other people who don't. Obviously, they like to drift or mm-hmm. bottom fish or whatever it is that they're doing. But our thing is waiting. And um, you know, he I hadn't seen him since high school, which is a long time ago. And you know, he's like, hey, you know, I've been I've been uh, seeing and talking and hearing about your fishing, and let's put our both our minds and let's go out and fish. I was like, sure, let's do it. I hadn't seen him in a while. Good time to catch up. And uh, we go out there and uh, we get to the mouth and we're just kind of trying to trigger redfish and. Um, we're out there looking for him, running the boat uh, off the tower. I'm just searching, and I see, you know, a pretty good, decent herd, about maybe 50 to 100 on, in the herd moving east, and we, we go to trigger them. And he's like, you know what, I don't want to wait today. I'm doing some scouting. Let's just drift off the boat. And I hadn't drifted in a long time. So mm-hmm. I was like, sure, let's, let's, let's try it out. Well, the first thing he throws, and, I, I mean, I've seen this guy's picture. My, my buddy, he, I hadn't talked to him for a while, but, he just has stringers of redfish just killing it all the time. <laughs> and the first thing he pulls on is this topwater. I had never, first of all, keep in mind, I've never seen a topwater, never thrown a topwater. I've never seen a video or anything about a topwater. But yeah. I did have one in, I did have one in my tackle box. So, I had a, you know, I'm an all-lure guy. I don't use bait. I don't yeah. use any cut. I'm all plastic. So, I see him throw his topwater, and I'm like, wait, well, I have one. I'm going to go ahead and throw mine out just because I'm kind of like going on his movement, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So I throw mine out as well. And the way he's just working his top water and retrieving it made my top water look really bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> was this a, a walk the dog lure, you know, where it goes back and yeah. forth side to side. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was just walking the dog and his cadence was very lifelike and left, right, left, right. And, and mine just, it was not working out. Looked like a dead dog, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I knew for sure. I was like, well, um, you know, I, I guess it might not be for anybody, everybody, you know, you need that, that walk the dog risk, but I, I hadn't developed it yet. And, um, I just had no confidence. I, I, I did not feel like I would not pull anything out and none of us, he, even him, he wasn't getting any, any hits or blow ups or nothing like that. And, uh, after a good half an hour on them, you know, I, I switched out and, he switched out. We started throwing lures and we just started hooking up. So my mm-hmm. confidence level on top water was not there because as soon as I switched to lures, I started hitting again, right? Oh, yeah. So anyways, we have a great day. We go in, play fish. We have dinner, all that good stuff. Well, I'm talking about two years later, you know, that was the first time I had ever used one. Two years later, I still hadn't used one ever since that trip. So uh, I go back out. This is uh, last year. Mm-hmm. I go back out and um, I, we we fish pretty much every single weekend. I'm I'm out on the water twice a week. Yeah, and cool. uh, I'm out there and nothing is working. I hadn't skunked out in a very long time. It, it's not something that happens to us, mm-hmm. and it, it was just not working out. And I hadn't, you know, no other plans. We were all kind of just, you know, bummed out. And I'm like, you know what? This is the perfect time for me to throw a top water. And I, you know, start practicing it, start, you know, trying to see, cause the way my buddy was doing it, it, it just, it just looked great, but you know, no action. But so I, I was like, you know what, nothing's working. I'm just going to throw this top water out. And the big reason, um, I decided to throw it was because the area where we were fishing, um, there was a bunch of spoil banks and mangroves and there was a ton of bait just jumping everywhere. Mm. Like there were just lean, um, redfish, trout, 
and they're, they're, you know, I, I like to match the hats, right? I, yep. I like to present, you know, I like to present my bait or, or the little where I'm throwing just as whatever it is that it's around it. So I'm like, you know what? A top water might be great right here just because it's, it, it, these redfish were just slamming the top of mullet and, um, they were also feeding the bottom for crab and shrimp, but there was tons of movement on top. So I get this, uh, Mirror She Dog that I had. Uh, one of my buddies had recommended to me a long time ago, and I, I just had it in my arsenal. I never tried it, and I put it in there, and it seemed to work a lot better when we retrieving for me. The first time what I used was a Super Spook Junior, okay. and maybe the, the novice level of between both of them, maybe one might be easier for a beginner mm-hmm. to use compared to somebody who's already been trying top water out um, because this guy was just swimming perfect. I mean, it was with hardly any kind of action on my end. Mm-hmm. It, it was moving great. So I throw out my first cast and I'm retrieving it back. And, you know, I think it by the fourth cast, yeah, it was about the fourth cast, I get this huge blow up. Just this, this huge <laughs> huge blow up the the keep in mind the redfish missed right he 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 did miss my top water but when i saw his back come out i saw his whole front head come out to get this lure and the aggressiveness that it had was just it, it was insane and and it got me it got me pumped you know oh, it, yeah. it woke me up you know it, it woke me up and uh it, the redfish moved on i could see him it, it it just kept going it was it was a decent size slot redfish and um i brought it up I sidecast it back towards him. He, he didn't, you know, didn't budge, and I brought it back. And I was just thinking to myself the whole entire time, I had no idea what I was missing out on, you know. <laughs> it, it, was, it was insane. I mean, I had never seen a, a, a fish blow up or a, with such an aggressive attack before. And the only times that I would feel some kind of hit, an aggressive hit like that, is when I'm fishing with a gold spoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I would feel that intense hit from a redfish. But other than that, I had I had never seen a redfish so mad at at getting something. So same trip, uh, I'm I'm casting back out a couple times and and you know no blow ups, nothing. And as I cast out, you know these top waters, you can throw almost 50 yards with them. Oh yeah, you know, especially they especially go in the wind. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I I throw this top water 45 yards probably. As soon as it lands and I'm retrieving it, you see this huge wake just develop behind my top water i mean i'm fishing about a foot foot and a half of water so you can just see this huge v huge wake v behind my top water and when i mean my blood just starts to go it was awesome like mm-hmm. i'm seeing it in action i'm seeing the redfish just wanting my presentation um it, it was just awesome so me i i just keep retrieving um i heard you're not supposed to stop at that time you know i, yep. I just, he likes, he likes what I'm doing, so I just keep retrieving and retrieving, and um, I'm at about maybe 35 yards when his, he decided to just commit, comes up, and just slams it, you know, and it was, at that point, it was on. It was, I set the hook and um, worked on him and uh, finally brought him in, but, I mean, for everybody out there, if, you know, never tried topwater fishing before, it, it, I love fishing. But now it, it, it changed the whole game for me, you know, because it, there's nothing like it for me. Top water fishing to me is, is, is just prime, you know, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. And across multiple species, it's incredible. Right. But with redfish, I've found 
it's so it, it's even more so because they have a mouth that's meant to feed down. So when they go up to try and get a bait like that, sometimes they'll crash at it two, three times and miss it, and 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 it's just crazy. It it really does get your blood pumping. Yeah, and and the way their mouth is, is formed, how you're explaining, what's great about it is that they'll do some very funny movements to get your top water. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, yep. the, the trout will come up and pop at it and, and, you know, they can, they can feed however they want, but I've seen redfish jump out of the water to come down for it. I've seen redfish do the dolphin swim on it. I've, I've seen them, you know, do crazy movements just, just to get it, you know, and it's, it's awesome. It's, it's great. It's, it's an unnatural way for a redfish to eat, but it is insane how they will still attack the top of the water because of how hungry they are, how great your presentation might be. Um, I think a lot of these uh, top waters that have this knock in it, it, it sometimes I feel it's kind of in, irresistible for the redfish to ignore. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they have to go and check it out. They, they might like it. Um, but ever since then, I have not used the lure. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I have not. The only times I, I switch it up is during tournaments. Um, but other than that, I, I will wait until a redfish hits my top water or a trout or whatever it is that might be on the other line. But, um, I, I just, that's all I throw now. That's all I throw. Yeah. It sounds, sounds like you got a, caught a pretty good case of uh, top water fever that day. Yeah. No, that, that was it. That changed. And everybody asks me down here, what are you using? I see your pictures. I see your, video. what are you, what are, I'm just top water. And they're like, which one? I'm, <laughs> I, I'm like, just top water, whichever one you want to use. I don't, I have, I have my favorite one, it, it, you know, and I have the ones that I've never caught some on and I have some that I always catch. And, uh, you know, I tell everybody that it, it, I really don't think it matters what top water it is. My favorite one that I always, always catch redfish on is it's already done. Like it's unpainted and it, it's, <laughs> yep. it's done because of how much, you know, fish I've caught on it. I've caught tons of fish on the same top water and it still hasn't gone bad to where I need to throw it away or anything. I don't think I'll ever throw it away just because of how many redfish I've caught. I've, I've caught over a hundred redfish on that top water. Easy. And uh, it, it's just unpainted. It's done, but I just still throw it because that's, that's the one that always catches. So I tell everybody, Hey, use whatever top water because the top water, you should see the one I'm using and you're, you're going to laugh if you knew. So. <laughs> No, I've got a couple that are pretty beat up in my box too. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll buy a new one and try it out. And but man, Old Faithful always uh, always uh, works out for me. You know. <laughs> so. There you go. Well, Hector, man, you you got me wanting to go uh, tie on a top water and head out first thing in the morning. I wish I could, but um, that was an awesome story and and man i can just picture those redfish going after it and i'm looking forward to when i can get back and do it myself oh and, and whoever says that top water only works early in the morning is a liar man i've caught tons of redfish at 1 2 p.m in the blazing sun all on top water <laughs> so it's it's i think it's just when you know wherever you are and where the fish are that you know, it's just all up to the fishermen, I think. That's a good tip, and I, I may keep the top water tied on a little longer next time. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Do you have an epic fishing story to tell? We want to hear it. 
Go to tell.fish slash guest in your browser and sign up to become a fishing legend today. This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.